Hello everybody and welcome back to the Chelsea Overseas Podcast. Today we will recap Chelsea's games against Liverpool and Tottenham and preview Chelsea's upcoming games against Chesterfield and the second league game of the League Cup against Tottenham in the semi-finals. So I say let's get right into it and let's begin with Chelsea versus Liverpool. Let's review the 2-2 match. Um, obviously it was a draw. So not a bad result for Chelsea given they're, they're almost neck and neck with Liverpool. However, in the grand scheme of things, both teams kind of needed the win here to keep, you know, keep in, t- keep in line with Man City's, uh, with Man City in the title race. However, would you say you're happy with this result, Adam? Um, I'm, I'm, I think like generally I'm really happy with the performance, um, how they played. Uh, it was, it was really fun game to watch. I enjoyed the way Chelsea played. Uh, but you're, it's exactly what you say, right? Like Chelsea and Liverpool both walk away from that game thinking not bad in terms of the result, but Pep Guardiola sitting up, sitting on his couch with, with his feet up thinking to himself, we, we got this. So yeah, that was the perfect result for our city. Yeah. You know, Chelsea and Liverpool canceled each other out here. I don't think either of them will be happy with the result. I think Chelsea will be happy with the performance, but you know, the real winner is Man City. Uh, Yeah. Exactly. How do you think Tuchel and Chelsea handled the Lukaku situation? Because there was the uh, whole thing where he went on an interview and he obviously said he wasn't happy at Chelsea and he wanted to go back to Milan. Right. Um, how do you think Chelsea handled that situation? Was this a sign of the team coming together and playing for the manager? Because online, on the whole internet aspect of it, I saw a lot of backlash from Chelsea fans towards Lukaku. Like, you know, we never needed him. We won without him. And so what were you, What was your thoughts on how we handled it? And do you see him in the future still remaining with Chelsea? I I think... Everyone's really happy with the way Tuchel and the club handled it. I think they handled it extremely well because, obviously, like you said, Lukaku, the, the key thing is, is he went behind the club's back to arrange an interview of how he's not happy at Chelsea and not happy with Tuchel. And the whole, the whole going behind the club's back thing when they're in the middle of a bad run also, that doesn't sit well with any fans that didn't really sit well with Thomas Tuchel. And I'm sure that didn't sit well with Roman Abramovich and a lot of the Chelsea higher-ups. So it was totally unprofessional. It was out of line. And for someone who, you know, has been at big clubs and, and is 28 years old, you'd expect him to be professional. You'd expect him to understand that if you're not happy that the best person to talk to and the best ter- the best person is the manager. Yeah, exactly. The best person to figure out how to get back in the team, how to get back scoring like he was at the beginning of the season, that guy is Tuchel. So the fact that he went behind the club's back and, and instead of going to Tuchel, that's what unsettled everyone. And I really liked the way Tuchel handled it with leaving him out of the team because no one's bigger than the team. Yeah. And, and then, you know, he... Lukaku apologized. Tuchel said there's, you know, there's what I love what Tuchel said is there's always a way back. It was out of line, but he has to now make his apology, show his performances on the field, and then we'll let him back into into the team. He didn't, 
he didn't just throw him away and cast him away and said, I don't want any of Lukaku. He's, he, he said what was right, but gave him a route back into the squad. And that's what I felt was really good about the way Thomas Tuchel handled things. So I'm not happy with what Lukaku did because I think it's unprofessional, but I'm happy with how Tuchel handled it. And I think going forward, I think it, it can make, I, I think like the way Tuchel's handled it, handled it, I think now it gives Lukaku a situation where he can kick on and score some goals. So I see a positive future. Yeah, um, I completely agree. I think it was very immature of him to do that. Him being the world-class player that he is, he should know better too that, you know what I mean? Like, even if you're not happy with the squad, you're going to get some bad squads, sure, for yourself, but you you never do that. You, you report it back to who you're, whoever is, is, like, whoever the squad manager is, right? And he unfortunately didn't do that. Um, I think, though, he did uh, prove himself back, and you know what? He did get enough backlash. He understood his mistake, and he proved himself back in the Tottenham game, which we'll get to. But I think there's still a ways to go for Lukaku. Uh, were Chelsea the better team, do you think, in this Liverpool game? I think Chelsea just edged it. I think, like, and and this is why I think I think Tuchel handled the whole situation really well. Bad run. You have a player who went behind your back. But the, the team really kind of came together for this one, kind of came together for Thomas Tuchel, it felt, kind of came together for our fans and gave the Chelsea faithful in Stamford Bridge something that they could really enjoy uh, against Liverpool because that was really good. And even when we were 2-0 down, I was thinking to myself, we don't deserve to be 2-0 down. I was, yeah. I was standing up, clapping at everything in those first 15 minutes and I was like oh we're the better team here yeah. we're looking the more likely the 2-0 uh, like the 2-0 lead that Liverpool had happened so quickly too because it looked like we had the upper hand for the longest time and then all of a sudden they score these two goals out of nowhere and then but once again if you're good enough it will show and the result proved to that to be the case yeah and the, those two goals that Liverpool scored, especially the first one, that was the first mistake Chalaba's really... That's the first big mistake Chalaba's made, right? But that that's that's what's been killing us recently. Those moments. Lapses in concentration, it's... I mean, it was too low. It was just an honest mistake. Like, we've seen... Like, it was just one of those moments where, as a football player, when you're at that professional level, you should know the quick decision-making process, you should be able to make it. But it was just, honestly, it was an honest mistake, and I don't think it's worth beating him up over. It happens. Yeah, no, I and mean, Chalba's been so good this year. But I think, too, like, um, I thought, I just thought Chelsea were so good. Like, the midfield, Conte and Kovacic, that was the, the driving force. That was the engine for Chelsea. But the way they... You know, the, Liverpool, how many games do we see with Liverpool where they just pin their opponent back? But we, with the way we pressed, um, both teams played with a high line, which made for an interesting yeah. game. And we did such a good job. We talked about getting in behind Liverpool's defense. Whenever you get that ball in midfield, you don't have much time. So try to get in behind it as much as possible. That's exactly what Chelsea did. And a lot of opportunities came from that. So I thought, like, the intensity that Chelsea played at, both in and out of possession, um, especially in the first half, 
was incredible. And even when they went down 2-0, you didn't see heads drop, which can be really easy in a bad run. And even, even in the second half, they continued to push, take the game to Liverpool. They weren't content with a point. And I thought, like, like tactically, obviously, but just mentally, Chelsea really had a lot of confidence and belief in that performance. And I, th- I felt they were the better team. And without a couple of those mistakes, this could have been three points. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, th- I personally thought Chelsea were the better team. They were pressing most of the game. Um, what was the, what was the, st- you mentioned Conte and Kovacic. They had a great game. Both of them had this stat. It was like, what was it? I can't remember. They had like perfect steals and perfect pass or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think it was like, yeah, perfect. Um, no one got past them. Completed. Yeah, no one got, like, perfectly. They got all their tackles and they made great passes. Long story short, essentially. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought I thought Kovacic was, was outstanding. Kante, too, as always. Yeah, this um, was the UCL Kante. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was it was the big match Kante. And and even, even the front three, like, they, they were really... They were really good. Havertz wasn't as involved, but like even Mount, Pulisic, they they were really good. So, yeah, that that. Did you that, like Pulisic in that right wing back position afterwards? I think you like with the injuries right now. Like, <laughs> it just is what it is. I don't like him at wing back, but I saw him chasing the ball a little bit. Right, it was like getting past him a little bit, but I mean, he put up a good effort. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he does his best there. Um, yeah, no, it, it was a good performance. It was one of the better performances over the past month. It, w- it was good. Yeah. Speaking of Kovacic, though, what a goal that was. I've, I'm hearing that was already, like, the goal of the season or goal of the year. You think it was that high? or? Yeah, no, I think we might have our 2022 goal of the year. That was insane. And what's insane is that he's backpedaling. Yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. He's treading back. Honestly, it just flowed so, it's so, honestly, that usually happens by accident too. But whenever it does, it looks so nice. Like, it was just like, almost like a shin kick for the football Yeah, it was very out of the ordinary. Yeah. It, it just like slid off. It's like a roller coaster. Yeah, that that's that's gonna that might be twenty twenty two goal of the year. That was some way to kick off the new year. That was great. Um, that yeah, that was incredible. I think like the bigger picture. I think like I I I think City are. I think they're gonna win this thing. I I I don't see us get finding a way back into this. But there's a heck of a lot to play for with other competitions. We know that, and hopefully that performance against Liverpool is just a sign of us getting our thing back together and Tottenham performance that followed it was really good right oh let's you want to get into that game yes all right so this was for the league cup right um we are currently in the semifinals. originally we were thinking hey what the heck you know like with the shortage of players we have now like does this really matter that much but after these results, who knows? We could win this one again. Or, sorry, we could just win this one. Um, we're currently up against Tottenham in the first leg of the semifinals. We finished 2-0 aggregate. Um, the next game is coming up soon. I think this is a very positive result. 
what was this the best performance do you think in a while or what are your thoughts adam yeah i think it was i don't think we've dominated a game in that way since we beat juve uh 4-0 in november so yeah that was really impressive and um just i like they it was it was, you know, as they say, men against boys. It was <laughs> Tottenham were outclassed. And you hear Conte talk about the gulf in talent and quality and the gap between the two teams. Well, Chelsea showed that big time. Yeah. Um, Tottenham had some good chances too, but they couldn't get past our defense. I think we played a back four. That Honestly, it turned out to be good for us. Yeah, I think one one thing that's interesting, I... Because when I was watching the game, I wondered, like, did Tuchel plan for this or was this forced upon him? And I came to the conclusion that it was almost definitely forced upon him. And then he said in the post-match press conference that um, when they heard that Thiago Silva has COVID, also N'Golo Kante has COVID, but... No. Yeah, so more bad luck, but... Thiago Silva, when they heard he had COVID and Chalaba was out, Christensen was out, Reese James obviously out, Ben Chilwell out, Tuchel said, we don't have enough defenders to play in a back five. So he went on the training ground and he said, we're going to play a back four. We don't really have a choice here. And they they set up uh, in a four. I, I saw it as a 4-2-2-2. Two, two, two. You could say it's a 4-4-2. Four, four, Same thing. I just saw it more as a 4-2-2-2 two, two, two because... Uh, Mount and Ziyech were were getting forward and then Saul and Kante were the double pivot and Havertz and and Lukaku up top Uh, but it was so good the four at the back I think it took Tottenham totally by surprise we had an extra man in midfield because um, Tottenham's formation had two in midfield but we had the pivot plus Mason was coming into midfield so Mount was kind of helping out number Tottenham, Jorginho was therefore getting all kinds of time on the ball along with Saul and that allowed us to just boss the game and the the back four really worked and one more thing I want to point out was we were still playing a back five in defense because Ziyech was filling in at right wing back when's the last time we had seen Ziyech Hakeem Ziyech before this game the last time he started it's actually been it's been a little bit. It's been a couple of weeks. Honestly, I don't think he's had a bad season. Uh, has he had a bad game this season? Not. Mm, I think. I think when he came back from the shoulder injury, at first there were a few performances that weren't too good. But generally, you're he right. He was he's been... outstanding this Tottenham game. He he would drop back. He played positionally exceptional. I really really liked Hakeem this game. And honestly, uh, those passes. He gave a, at the very end, he gave a nice lob to, who was it, Havertz or somebody up top. And he also gave a, a nice lob to um, some when we were first scored our goal. He had some involvement, I think. Yeah, my favorite pass was the one to Timo Werner. Yes, 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 yes. That one, that one at the end. That was crazy. It was a very long ball. Timo Werner's running forward and it goes straight to his feet. If, if Timo didn't have the curse, that would have been 3-0 right there. <laughs> yeah, and something interesting, when, when Hakim Ziyech was signed, he was, I'm, I was like, this is one of my favorite players on this team now. I, I, love, I love what Ziyech can bring. 
with that left foot. Thing is, we haven't quite seen it at Chelsea, and we saw it against Tottenham, and that's how good this guy can be. Right? Like, like so the, and, and you know what? I think um, a lot of this, like, what, what you see with the back four is it benefits a lot of our attackers. Like, I think it benefits Christian Pulisic, where he can play on either side. Just that bit deeper, but not having the defensive duties that a wing back has. And he can, like Ziyech, he, he gets on either side and he can run at people. And Ziyech on the, on the right side can stay closer to the touchline, come in on his left and start putting balls into the box. All these kinds of diagonals, it's crazy. Um, I think it, it really suits our true wingers because a 3-4-3 doesn't suit out-and-out wingers. They're more inside forwards, number 10s. It really suits our, our true wingers and it actually made our uh, movements and I think our overall play a lot more fluid. Um, and it, it caused Tottenham so many issues in that first half. The second half, Tottenham changed their formation, put in Dombele in midfield. It helped a little, but we were still creating the best opportunities in that second half. We were dominant in the first half. We were very good defensively in the second half, created even more. It could have been more than two. Like Chelsea were outstanding in this game, and the back four was really good. Tottenham looked helpless, honestly. And it wasn't even because they were playing badly. It's just Chelsea played outstanding. It was great. It was a great performance by the boys. I mean, even at the end, we saw we saw both teams <laughs> happy with the results. We saw Harry Kane clapping. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Harry Kane was like, "Thank God it's not five <laughs> 0 Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, but yeah, I completely agree. A back four worked very well for certain players on this team, especially the wingers. Uh, I thought this was for Havertz too. This was a better game than it was last. Um, I think Lukaku even did pretty well for coming back from that whole controversy. You know, it, it shows that you know what at the for the time being. He can do okay. You know what I mean? It's a good comeback for him. Um, how impressed were you by performances of Saul and Sar as well? Saul, I mean, made a very nice comeback. Yeah, yeah, he was he was arguably the man of the match. I think he was the man of the match. He was, yeah, he was so good. Um, and, yeah, I, I just felt he, you know, really for the first time this year, you just really felt... Saul was confident, up to speed, um, had a little bit of just belief in him. And that was more the Saul that played really well at Atletico Madrid. That That's a better representation of the kind of player Saul is and, and can be for Chelsea. So that was much better. And that's maybe a signal to Tuchel to say, listen, you can you can trust me a little more. So that's good. And... Malang Sar in a back four. By the way, if you... Because there's things going around before this game that Rudiger is only good in a back three. Blah, 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 blah. Look how well he played in that back four. And by the way, Malang Sar was very, very good. Extremely good. So both of those two, awesome. And it was just... Overall, such a good team performance. Like, it was... We were a much better team. It was far... It was far better. And on the back four, what's interesting is I don't see the back four 
being a constant right now. I think when Tuchel has a selection, when like the selection um, issues kind of settle down and the squad is mainly back, I think he'll go to the 3-4-3. But I think this was important in terms of having a plan B and maybe using this formation as something we can go to in different games and different situations and maybe something in the future. Yeah. I completely agree. I think it's honestly it's comforting to know that we do have quite a phenomenal bench. We can play another formation. You know what I mean? It's kind of like we almost have a B squad, right? Like a completely different team that's still part of Chelsea. It's comforting to know that. It's good. It's good to know that. You know what? At the end of the day, even with all these all these like players gone. We can rely on these other players we have with our Ziyashes, our Sauls, our Sars. They're starting to prove to them why they deserve to be on Chelsea. But yeah, anything else you'd like to add about a Tottenham, the Tottenham game? I thought it was overall a very good result. Yeah, no, incredible. Uh, on to the second leg and on to Chesterfield. Can I, can I get a prediction on who you think will be, uh, should everything go positively? Don't want to jinx anything who you think will be playing in the finals let's go Chelsea and Arsenal <laughs> it had to be Arsenal I appreciate that no, yeah, no money no Salah yeah oh yes that's very issues, true Liverpool. Yeah. yeah so Arsenal all right um should we talk about our upcoming Chesterfield and Tottenham games yes so Chesterfield by the way is the FA Cup game it is starting once again or has it already started well, the competition is technically started. It starts all the way back in August with like preliminary rounds, lower league teams, and then it makes its way to the third round where the championship and Premier League comes in. Yeah, so this is the third round. Um, Chelsea versus Chesterfield, third round FA Cup. So I say, firstly, who is Chesterfield? Um, which academy players do you think should play? All right, so Chesterfield is... A team in the fifth tier in English football. They are um, in the National League. That's the fifth tier. They are top of the table in the National League. So they're on course for big champagne, big promotion yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, to the EFL. Because uh, just so everyone knows, um, you have the Premier League. Then you have the second, third, and fourth tier championship, League 1, League 2. That is all under the EFL. And then everything below the fourth tier is called non-league football. I call it Sunday league, but I just call it non-league. Do these do Chesterfield's games even get recorded? Yeah, you can watch them. <laughs> Need some sketchy stream, but you probably have to work harder to find uh, freaking Chesterfield games than Armenia's games. Yeah, but yeah, so just yeah. Chesterfield are looking to get to the uh, to the EFL into that fourth tier. Um, that's basically who Chesterfield are. Um, and as for which academy players should play, um, because you know, with all due respect to Chesterfield, this is the European champions against the team that is in the national league. So, you know, Chelsea have to play pretty poorly for this to be any sort of match. Um, but yeah, uh, in terms of academy players, like I want Harvey Vale to play. Uh, Soon Sup Bell, 
I'm sorry if I'm getting that wrong. But the three guys that played against Brent, Brentford, Harvey Vale is kind of the one that a lot of people have been excited about. But the three that played against Brentford, I'd love to see him again uh, here against um, uh, Chesterfield. And also... Um, Bedinelli, the uh, third-choice goalkeeper. Mendy's at AFCON now, playing for Senegal. Good luck to Mendy. Kepa is our starter. Um, so Bedinelli's our second choice now. So he'll he'll probably play this game. So that should be interesting. And then the defense, I mean, we have injuries and stuff, so I don't know. Uh, but I'd, I'd actually love to see maybe a U23, someone from, from there, one, a center back from there. I know we have that... The Dutch defender we signed last year, his his name's very long. I, I suck at pronouncing it, so I'm not going to try. But I believe he's 18 years old. He's Dutch, center back. He's someone that maybe could get a chance, I was thinking. So, I mean, who knows what Tuchel's thinking, but uh, we'll see. And hopefully we take care of business here. Yeah. Hopefully this will simply just be a bird game. Uh, very easy game. <laughs> Chelsea versus Tottenham. I say let's talk about that one. After all, it is the most, the more important game. Um, the second leg, so we are obviously two uh, zero up on aggregate. Is the tie already over? Would you say? Um, no. Be- I I think if it was a three or four goal lead, then I think it's pretty much done. At two goals, I think Chelsea are. I think we have one foot in the door, but there's still like we still have to put that second foot in the door. So. I don't think it's quite over, but I think one more goal would do it for us. You're not out just yet. No. And honestly, I think even with two goals, we should be able to not lose this game by more than one. I think that kind of game management and com- composure and control that we showed in the second half, I want to see that in the uh, in the second leg. Yeah. Uh, do you think we should play similarly to how we played in the first leg? Particularly, do you think we should keep the back four? Well, I think that depends on the players that are available. I think if Chalaba remains out, Thiago Silva will surely remain out. But Chalaba and Christensen are the ones. Um, those sound like more short-term things, so I don't know if they'll be back. Uh, if they are, I could see Chelsea going to a back three again. But if they're if we only have four defenders like we did in the first leg, then why not go with the same thing? Okay. Um, how amazing would it be to knock Tottenham out and potentially have two finals in February? Yeah, so we obviously have the Club World Cup um, in February, at the beginning of February after the international break. So that is some month we got upcoming. <laughs> what a schedule for Chelsea, man. Yeah, between Chelsea and Canada, we got a heck of a schedule, but... Um, yeah, so we could have two big finals in February, which would be really, really cool. February 27th would be the League Cup final if we get there. February 12th would be the Club World Cup final if we get there. So This is assuming everything goes okay with COVID. Yeah, yeah, that too. And also, um, like, Tottenham are the big rivals, and this is Antonio Conte's team, so, you know... I, we got we got to beat them. We got to beat Tottenham. Their their trophy ju- drought has to continue. Yeah, <laughs> for Tottenham, man. <laughs> you know, I think for for those hockey fans in Canada, I think 
Toronto Maple Leaf fans have to meet Tottenham Hotspur fans. I think they'd get along oh extremely my goodness. well. Of course you'd say such a thing. I honestly feel bad for Tottenham at this point. They got some pretty nice players too. Except for Dali Ali. I don't like that guy, but everybody else. Dali Ali's still with uh, Pep's daughter there, I think. <laughs> yeah, but poor son, man. Even Harry Kane deserves better. Yeah, oh yeah, no, he Sure, does. give that guy a win. Yeah, think about it. Harry Kane and Hung Min Son can end their career with no trophies, just an Audi Cup. I know. Even, I was watching one of their, I was watching one of their games, even more. Great player. Yeah. Like, they have proper talent, and I love, I really like what Antonio Conte's done, but I hope this Tottenham curse isn't forever, just for them. Yeah. In the uh, in the forward areas, there's a lot of quality. It's just the rest of it. Yeah. Oh, completely agree. So, yeah. No. Obviously, we got to kick these guys out. No, we we can't have Tottenham winning a trophy. And I think like you you just you just need a lot of those same things that we had in the first leg. And um, even just like I said, the way we played in the second half too. Like the first half was really good, but I don't think it'll be that easy this time around so i expect like more of the second half where tottenham were a little bit better but you could feel chelsea still had control where they, they didn't give tottenham anything uh it was more passive possession from tottenham chelsea still had a good amount of the ball and they started to get opportunities in transition you started to see even timo Werner when he came on had an impact so that sort of game management that sort of like not giving up much defensively, but keeping a threat, creating opportunities on the counter, ho- hopefully scoring a third goal in that first half and finishing this game early and making it easy for ourselves. Because, you know, Chelsea do have problems with killing off games, but this is an opportunity where if we get that third goal early, we can kill this off. So, yeah, I, I think just more of the same of what we saw in the first leg would would be really nice. Yeah. Completely agree. Anything else you'd like to add about these upcoming games? No, I think we're good. Hopefully, like I said, we got a cup final to talk about February 27th at Wembley. Hopefully we're there. And uh, yeah, hopefully we could send uh, Conte packing. Yep. As usual, go Chelsea. Good luck to the boys in blue. Um, We'll be back next week to recap Chelsea's games. There's Chesterfield and Tottenham and preview big Premier League games coming up against Man City and Brighton. Man City, the cl- the league giants, yeah. as they say. Apparently, they have a COVID outbreak. So Do they? Yeah. Well, would you look at that? You know, you got to level the playing field. We went through it. Liverpool's went through it. Yeah. Not, well, not that I wish COVID on anyone. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. But uh, for sure, I agree. You got to level out the playing field. Give Arsenal a chance, too. but um yeah thank you for listening everybody and we will be back next time peace bye everyone